This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. Get movie microscope. Today's episode is The Happening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the modified, cantilever, totally backfired, small-assed, witch-faced, bright side brights, and bright burns burning. The one and only Justin Waddell. How's it going, Justin? Well, it's going, it's going well, Nick. We are sitting in Brownwall. We are together. It's unbelievable. In person. Not over the internet. Yeah, it's great. It'd be weird if one of us started to freeze. <laughs> feels like feels a little like a first date. Yeah. Can you imagine if if uh, a couple went on their first date to see this movie? Can you imagine if a couple their first date was they did a podcast together? You know, it's annoying. There's uh, there's commercials now where people are are portrayed as as podcasters for a career. I, I'm sure there are people that have that as a career. Well, there's YouTubers. I know, Those but I don't, like, a lot I don't of money. like being sold a product based on the fact that a couple of podcasters love it. And and actually, it was funny because they had this one where there's these two girls who are podcasting together. Two laptops. Yeah. Seems That seems extraneous. So they what do you mean? They had laptops They're in together. front of them? They're sitting side by side. They got a laptop in front of each of them and a microphone in front of each of them. Seems like you'd probably only need one laptop for that. Now, were they doing, um, maybe they were doing research as on the fly. Yeah. You know, a la carte. Yeah, it's like, well, Cronenberg, like us. Cronenberg wrote it. Or he didn't write it, but he directed it. And uh, then they got Chris Wayless involved and John Gett signed a board. Yeah, so we killed it. Uh, we we decided to see a movie together in the flesh. We bounced around through a, a f- quite a few options, and then we settled on the best one. <laughs> I just got the fly thing, by the way. I had to backtrack to see how I set it off. <laughs> no, it's nice to be back um, in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. We're a year older. A, Maybe more. A, a year and a half. year and a half. When's old. the last time we were... What's the one, last it was, it one? was probably like February of last year. You think so? Yeah. I wonder what movie it was. I know right. one movie it wasn't. What? This one. Yeah. They're not going to all be like this, I'm sure. I'm sure time and space will have their way with us, but I think there is a certain... Je ne sais quoi for us to have the ability to record in this manner. Well, it's nice to watch a movie together and yeah. then do it. You know, so we hadn't done that for a long time, for right. sure. That's I don't know. One of the one of the movies we watched that, that reminded me of this, what we watched tonight, was The Swarm. We watched that together. That was a late night, if I remember correctly. And it was a long movie. 
We watched like their director's cut. Remember, it was like two and a half hours. Yeah. And had it work out. <laughs> well, this movie's worse. <laughs> <laughs> I think the big come out, the big takeaway with that was Michael Caine eating the bee shit. Is that? Yeah, he thought, for some reason, he thought that bees, yeah, the, the, you were in the trivia that he would dip his finger because the bees would leave this residue that he thought was honey. He would dip his finger and, and taste it, but it <laughs> later found out was act- that was actually bee excrement that he was feasting on. Might be the key to everlasting life because Michael Caine is still thriving. That He might have figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, I loaded up on uh, bee feces. Yeah. And he's still kicking. He's still uh, being hired by Nolan all the time. Beces. <laughs> was he in Nolan's last one? I didn't see it. Uh, Tenet? No. He, he, he was smart and he got the fuck out. Guys, it's the movie Microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film through Rapunzel eyes and distort ourselves through the mystical journeys. We flash fry ourselves in a deep sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And rub uncles with the pebble people. (laughs) What? (laughs) Watch a film through manufactured eyes and share with the likes of you, see what makes and breaks. So if we're talking about at play in the fields of the Lord. We're going to be talking about the scene where Nick Nolte gathers his smells and throws them at everyone. <laughs> I'm talking about the little moments. The big cast. Remember that? The, do you remember the poster for that? It was like somebody in the middle and then a lot of shit around them. Well, had no, like, that's Farewell to the King. Had like a field with maybe a hand that was touching some... I don't know, just like a, a scenic Wait, picture. Wait, is Nick Nolte in that? I know Lithgow's in it. Maybe because Nick Nolte was in Farewell to the King. There was a lot of people in it. I'm not sure. Hey, there's a good chance he was because they, that was a huge cast. But um, What a dumb idea in a dumb movie. But then on the top of this scenic picture, there were squares of actors' faces. That Like, look who's in it. You know, here we go. Is that the most pretentious name for a film? 1991. It could be. Aiden Quinn in this. Uh, John Lithgow, of course. Daryl Hannah. You got Tom Berenger in that. Tom Waits. All the Toms. Kathy Bates. They they had started rhyming cast members. No Nolte. Nolte, no. Maybe the scene was deleted. No, I'm thinking of Farewell to the King. Was it based on a play or something? Uh, probably a Tom Stoppard. <laughs> Maybe it said play in the title, and I thought that it was based on a play. At play in the fields of the happening. <laughs> That's what they should have. So what's your relationship with this movie? I've avoided it. (laughs) It kind of had a stink on it when it came out, and then audiences hated it, I think. And um, I avoided it. I didn't go see it in the theater. I think I caught a couple moments on cable. That's how I knew the fate of a few characters. Uh, But it's hard to watch, and so I I never made it all the way through. How about you? You must have seen it before. Saw it in the theater. (laughs) Was baffled. Um, but I have this weird relationship with Shyamalan anyway. It's like, I, I can't stand him. This is the type of movie that you shouldn't be able to come back from. Like, if you make this kind, of, this type of... I, know, I don't want to be, like, all sour grapes. This movie's been clowned on. and But it's so bad that you really should have had to crawl your way back. But he had an immediate follow-up flop after this. The Last Airbender, I think. I think it came on the heels wow. of this. yeah. But he keeps getting new chances all well, he, the time. He did uh, what? The visit, the village. Oh, he did the visit. The visit's what brought him back, right? And then he did split, and then he did all after Earth. 
Did he? Is that the Will Smith movie, which yeah. was a huge failure too? But he, I know Split wasn't. Split was the one that kind of got him some. That was a huge hit. Yeah, and then Glass, which is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and now the big one coming. Old. <laughs> I mean, he keeps getting second chances. That trailer is one of the funniest thing yeah. to me I've seen in in a long time. I mean, it feels like the happening. Yeah, I'm hoping it is. It's like instead of plants, old. <laughs> the thing that makes me so happy that he's out there is in almost every moment in the in his films, you could tell where where he just like sat back in his chair and put his hands behind his head. It's like fucking, I cannot wait for people to have their mind ripped away by this moment in this film. Has and, there ever been a director that's been higher on his own supply than M. Night? He got. He still. He still. I guess people like The Sixth Sense so much that he could never not get greenlit, I guess. He has probably gathered more photos of people in flagrante than anybody else in history. <laughs> he doesn't appear in this one. He he has a vocal cameo, apparently, but he doesn't appear in this one. His ego is subtle. He's got a small yeah, ego. Yeah, so we always make fun of him because I remember he had a big artistic falling out with his... Um, producers or the people that kind of had backed him in his career when he wanted to make Lady in the Water. And I think, I don't know who it was, Amy Pascal, somebody that was kind of shepherding him and working with him throughout his career said, don't make this movie because it is not ready. And he, he turned it into a me versus them thing and made Lady in the Water. They killed it, too. Which is awful. And then remember they produced, he wrote a book or somebody wrote a book about him. Did he the man who heard voices? Yeah. He didn't write it, no. he. I think he was participating in it, but it's not a... A shining, but it was about his genius. No, it was know. about. It was almost like a hit job on him in some. Was respect. it really? I, I think, thought it was. I thought it was no, a puff piece. I, no, no, no. If I remember correctly, I read it. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, it is. There's a very. There's a moment. It it, it turns. It turns on him. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, and 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 either that or you just read this stuff and it's ludicrous, and you're like, I guess. This person is either lulled in or they're fucking ripping his ass. So it's interesting because Lady in the Water is a movie that has, uh, you know, a perform- lead performance by Paul Giamatti, a good actor, and Bryce Dallas Howard, who had been good in The Village. And so those movies like The Village um, and, you know, uh, Lady in the Water are movies that are bad, but they have these good performances in them, right? So you're like always like, well, what would that, what would it be like? If if there was a movie that he wrote that didn't have good performances in it, well, guess what? We found it. <laughs> we, we get to know. Yeah, <laughs> there are two really bad performances. I don't think in uh, the performances in those movies are that good, though. I think I well, first of all, I think The Village is kind of a good movie for a while, and I think a large part of it is Bryce Dallas Howard, which is that was kind of her announcement movie, right? That was her first big role. Is that Joaquin? Joaquin was in there. Um, Adrian Brody, yep, and was, uh, was William Hurt, yeah, yeah, and some other people. On um, that movie would have been good without the twist. I think if they just had played it like a fairy tale, which I've said like before on our old show. But she was really good in it. And then Lady in the Waters, Lady in the Waters in a borscht. She's she has to play a weird role, but she's still kind of good in it. But Giamatti's good in that movie. You just like their names, Cleveland Heap, and and her species. What you always? What's her species? The the... Fucking narf. But that's the movie where he he dared kill a critic. Remember, there was a yeah. there was a movie critic in it that gets killed. Who and played I, it? We just saw him in a trailer. 
the movie we decided not to watch tonight. Mm. Remember, he you, you pointed him out. Bob Balaban. Oh, I think yeah. that's who played him. Yeah. Um, and Freddie Rodriguez was in that, I believe. Yeah. He had the he had the quirk where he just extra he just worked out with one one yeah. side one arm, so he's just muscled on one side. That's a movie that Nick and I saw like a midnight screening of. Lady in the Water. Yeah, we well, had to get but, to it. But no, the thing was at that point we knew it. We it wasn't were, a screening. We just wanted to see it at midnight. I'm sorry, huh? Yeah, no, but we didn't go see that expecting something. We went in there, we went in there to have a have a piss. Maybe I, I think that we had maybe had thought it could be good. No, no. After signs, he was wet diarrhea. Like he did nothing. He <laughs> it was it was a wrap on on all the goodness in him. You know, I gave up on Rob Zombie after the Halloween too. Remember, I said I won't watch any more of his films. Yeah, I feel like if I had seen the happening way back when, I would have said that made the same statement and not had. I would have had to been dragged to see Split. Anyway, I don't want to be too down on this movie. So what's the premise, Justin? The plants are mad at Earth and the humans that populate it, and so they seek revenge by releasing a toxin that makes people kill themselves. I guess they communicate, all the plant life communicates, uh, and they, they, they serial kill humans in, a, in, a, in the northeast United States. Right? And, and who is our tour guide through this spectacle? Main character is Mark Wahlberg, who gets a lot of grief uh, in this movie for playing a science teacher and then his 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 wife in this is played by Zoe Deschanel Zoe or Zoe I don't know Zoe I believe and um uh that and then you know John Leguizamo shows up to actually act in this movie for a while are and they gets, the, gets killed for us are they the least believable best friends you've ever seen on screen <laughs> like i said during the movie Leguizamo does all the heavy lifting in those scenes like he, the camera stays on him because he's natural, he's a good. He would have been good as the lead in this, but we as we read the, the very boring trivia for this movie because we like to zoom in and do the research. Uh, Shyamalan, uh, Shyamalan, he wrote this movie with Wahlberg in mind. Oops, <laughs> I'd say that's a cry for help. No, I like I, I defend Wahlberg whenever I can, and I enjoy a lot of his movies. But yeah, this is that completely indefensible performance. <laughs> In a completely indefensible movie, and I, I feel like we're a little late to the party. I know people, like I said, clown on this movie all the time. They they drag this movie all the time, um, so a lot of people probably know how awful it is, obviously, or, or, or suspect it. But yeah, Wahlberg's performance in this is a highlight in a bad way. <laughs> he's he sucks, <laughs> <laughs> and his voice is so he's in that he does that thing where he's got that whisper acting kind he, of. He, the soft voice it just doesn't work it, it it sounds like he's trying to play a closeted man his voice i don't i don't know another thing that that he does in this movie uh Shyamalan, is he he focuses a lot on Deschanel's eyes do you notice that yeah well she's got gigantic eyes and so he decided that was going to be a big a big thing here is to just to zoom in on her eyes a lot in her face there's a tragic thing that happens in this is that both those characters live. <laughs> <laughs> so the, 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 the thing that they try to throw in here is that Wahlberg, who is this um, you know, high school teacher, is having relationship problems. He suspects you know, his wife is um, pulling away from him. And when they go on this journey and they start running away from the wind... <laughs> They they have to repair the relationship. That's the kind of the B plot of this movie. 
And no one cares. Nobody cares. (laughs) I wanted the trees to end them. Yeah, this is a movie (laughs) that they'll say that he thinks that they can't make this thing scary. So it's very much like the movie um, Cell or any of those movies where some kind of signal goes out. your mouth. (laughs) People start killing themselves or killing other people. It's a very well-worn premise. Usually the method, usually the cause of this isn't trees. No. <laughs> or and bushes and grass. And breezes. Like the breeze and the trees. Like they've conspired. <laughs> trees and breeze are killing. The thing is, though, Shyamalan, his, his worst sin is that he comes up with these moments that he's so, he falls in love with. And he forgets to tie them to any sort of a narrative that's, a, you know. So he's got this idea. He's like, I want to have. I want to have a scene where people are just falling out of skyscrapers and mm-hmm. shit like that. Or I want to have a, like a gun change hands like five times as people kill each other. Or I want to have a scene where right. a guy decides to lay down in front of a combine. Know. You know, in and in, 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 in a well-handled, like well-directed movie with a good story, those elements might be horrific. Like they might work if you had a, a director that had more of a deft hand. But in these movies, they're in these in this movie, it's just absolutely ridiculous all the time like they're never scary and they're all telling you know what's going to happen as soon as someone turns on the mower you know he's going to run himself over with it like there's just you don't have to play it out i think if um stallone ever had a chance to talk to m night he would say something to the effect of your finger painting be a masterpiece (laughs) yeah i mean that's the problem is you can't you know, wearing signs, you mentioned signs earlier had some very you know effective scares in it. This movie doesn't have any scares. So then what's left? If it's not scary, and you know, one of the things is, you know, they're running away from wind in this. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah. Like they're and they have to he has to put them in the middle of a of a grassy field so you can show that's just blowing towards them. Yeah, there's a scene where they have that they follow the wind as it creeps towards them. And and Shimon's like, This is like that scene in Jaws, man. Well, Wahlberg says to his group, he says, stay ahead of the wind. I would I would have pressed him. I would have said, how? <laughs> <laughs> how is it possible? He, um, and you know, I rewatched Signs recently. Mm-hmm. And you could see the seams in his best stuff, even. And he's really doing the world a favor when he, when he calls action. And he just can't not get his shit-eating grin off the screen. <laughs> All right, well, let's go through some of the, the movie. How does it start? With Kristen Connolly sitting in Central Park um, with her sister or her friend, they're reading together or something. Yeah. Maybe they're actresses talking about a script. No, they're reading a book. Are they? Together. Kristen Connolly starts getting weird out, hearing weird voices, hearing screams. Uh, every, she looks around everybody. The park is, is frozen in place. And her friend starts talking nonsense, pulls a convenient knitting needle from her ponytail a sharp needle and plunges it into her neck. And that's yeah. how the movie gets kicked off. And and, and plunges it into her, her own neck. Yeah. The uh Christian Connolly is forced to, to narrate what's happening. Yeah. Because M. Knight just can't help himself. He just needs it. <laughs> we and the trivia they said that Kristen Connolly has disavowed this film and refuses to ask answer questions about it. My question to her would be, Who are you and you were in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Who's asking her about her two minutes of screen time in this movie. Yeah, the worst is the way that when the when the girl's plunging the uh, not needle into her neck, uh-huh. Connolly is not even reacting. She doesn't react. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess she's already been taken over as well. But then, so they cut to Mark Wahlberg in a classroom, which is already a strange sight, but he's talking about bees. Of course you he know, is. We link to the swarm here. And yeah. He says, he, he poses a question about bees disappearing to his class, who's, the class is obviously bored, and he asks them to speculate why, why honeybees are disappearing. And then he focuses on this kid who looks like a model who's not answering. And he asks, and the guy doesn't have an answer, and he says, your face is perfect. <laughs> but then he starts going into details of why in a, in a couple years that, you know, the, your ears are going to droop, your nose is going to get longer with age, and you won't be as beautiful as you are now. And the kid starts to get worried. Yeah. You think that, does Mark Wahlberg think that the kid doesn't understand he's going to get older? Yeah. <laughs> But or do you think um, Night Shyamalan is like dropping a little Easter egg hint for his upcoming movie Old? You know, <laughs> I think this movie would have been a lot better if that scene happens and then the next scene is him being handcuffed for sexually harassing one of his, his students. Your face is perfect, no M Night. Your script is perfect. <laughs> He's like, I can only imagine what your pecker must be. <laughs> And then he reassures the kid at the end. He's like, you'll be beautiful for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that is a teacher that I have never gotten that I like, I feel left out. Yeah. Did your teacher ever call you beautiful? And, and Yeah. Really? Poor Wahlberg. He is, he delivers zero lines effectively in this movie. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a one. <laughs> and he's so, he's so. Opt- he's, he tries to be so optimistic and mm. perky and fun, and no, it it just hits. He looks worried the entire movie to de- not of what's happening. Like he doesn't he doesn't look worried that of of the toxins. He looks worried that he has to deliver lines. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's kind of the same. We had the same observation in of one of our favorites that we've done here. Fear, fear. He had that kind of nervous. How 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 act. How act? How can act? That's what he looks like the whole time. It's, it works in fear. <laughs> it sort of works. Well, he had Billy Peterson to lean he on in that best. one. I'm I'm glad that he made a movie about the trees being irritated and killing us, mm-hmm. and grass being perturbed, uh, and then decided, well, we need a, a, a failing marriage story. So there's a scene where they uh, John Leguizamo plays a fellow teacher um, and invites uh, the Wahlberg. Uh, the Wahlbergs was called, what was the name of this? Elliot something, Elliot Morris yeah. or something. He invites uh, Elliot and his wife along to their like remote cabin to get away from this mayhem because uh, you know, this has started in the Central Park. The, a bad event has happened. And Mark Wahlberg, by the way, I told Nick during the movie, he says, it started in the park? That's weird. <laughs> and it's not weird. You know, because they think at first it's a terrorist event, but he, he thinks it's weird it started in a park, okay? Mm-hmm. Um. So he's like he's like connecting the dots bef- he's from dot one, you he's know. Like, he's like, is it dinosaurs? Because <laughs> Jurassic started in a park, and uh, they're in a train station. The couple, the unhappy couple, start having a fight, and they cut to look like Wazama, and he looks annoyed. He's legit pissed because there is like reason to be worried. They need to board this train, yeah. and he had what happened? He said he procured some train tickets, which is hard. How hard was it? Very easy. No, but what does he say? How hard it was? Remember, like Chinese arithmetic. It it was like trying to get one of those oh god old Cabbage Patch kids back in the eighties, which we just watched Cat's Eye prior to this, and they had a 
Cabbage Patch doll in it. We're so. in a Cabbage Patch tear right now. Yeah, I wonder if the next movie we pick will. Yeah, I think I think I think I, we already have. I, it's a lock. What? It's a lock that we're doing one that's got Cabbage Patch Kids in it. Yeah. Quest for Fire. Dog. So, did you notice the dogs are unaffected in this? Yeah. Every, there's a lot of scenes of dogs uh, being released because when the people freeze, they're walking dogs, and the dogs just tear ass. They're like, we're out. I think it's a it's lazy screenwriting. Yeah. Because uh, like. Uh, M. Night just couldn't figure out a cool way to show dogs committing suicide. <laughs> I think it'd be so great you see a dog, you know, he's uh, tying his tying his arm off, getting a needle. <laughs> so, Oh, and then, so then another, so there's another park that's affected. Uh, the same thing happens where people are killing themselves and while, while we're like, another park? Like he is so on board of the, uh, of the he's so dialed yeah. into the park uh, thing. We la- we legit laughed at one point when, in a diner, what did this guy say? Like he, something about the terrorists. He said he puts a TV in front of this gathered people, like a bunch of gathered people, and he says, "It turns out it might not be terrorism or something." You know. <laughs> I like the fact that um, Legazamo uh, is soon to orphan a child. <laughs> well, he leaves his wife in Philly. And you know, not on purpose. She's kind of they're apart when this starts to happen, and then he gets away with his daughter, but then decides to return for her and leave his daughter in the care of these two idiots. <laughs> Already affected by the toxins, apparently, when he made that decision. Um, yeah, he exits the movie fairly quickly, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't miss him. Um, there's a weird thing that that I guess M Night thought was going to be great. And just looks utterly ridiculous. So Wahlberg already is giving a a dreadful performance, and looks dumb. And uh, he wears a gigantic mood ring the whole time. <laughs> He's also required to do a ton of nostril acting. <laughs> but the novelty mood ring—it's like in a lot of shots, and he's just got this gigantic ring. Yeah. And it does change colors a little bit. So right. M. Night was trying to play with the idea that his his mood was changing during a horrific event. Um, but they reference it a lot. Their love story at the end, they talk about how on the first date, there was that's when they got the mood yep. ring. Yep. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah, he ate her ass that night. <laughs> Save you some trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you think that that little detail, that plot detail, that little device, is it work? <laughs> in spades. Mm-hmm. There's a scene early on that we both chuckled at mm-hmm. um, because Legazama's soon-to-be-orphaned daughter is is very crestfallen to the majority of this film with her mm-hmm. giant ears. And um, Wahlberg decides he's going to try to get a little get a little reaction, to spruce things up for a little bit. What's his icebreaker? Well, so they're on the diet. So what happens is they're on this train for a while, and it, the 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 train people, the the train conductor gives up and stops the train, and they're in this town called. We were making fun of the name, the like name of the town, Filbert. Filbert, and they go to the Filbert Diner, and the daughter's upset because you know her dad's not there anymore, and he's committed suicide. Well, he yeah, in another scene, he is he is he is actually dead, but she doesn't know, and um, mom, her hot mom is dead too. Does she die? Yeah, she does die. We we don't see that though. I don't know what, um, what is, I did write it down. Oh, 
He says, do you know that everyone gives off energy? That's what he says to the little girl. Yeah. And yeah. then and then the cops show up again, like two strikes. <laughs> like You have the worst pickup lines. <laughs> that is a Zoom, actually. He actually is Zooming in during this event. And they're like, uh, except for you in this movie. You know, it's like you're coming off like a fucking sardine, friend. <laughs> M. Night's One Direction, to be fair to Wahlberg, his One Direction, the only thing he asked uh, on hands and knees uh, was please don't act in any way human at all during this. Don't do anything <laughs> a human would do. Right, right. <laughs> you're, you're focused on his sneakers in this. Yeah, so Wahlberg, I think one of his main reasons for taking this part was that he gets to wear very comfortable footwear throughout the movie. Yeah. It's so rare in a non-sports movie that your leading man gets to wear dad sneakers throughout the whole movie. So they figured that they're in in this diner, they're in the middle of, you know, the news is telling them they're kind of in the middle of an effective area. So they decide, everybody in the diner decides to, to skedaddle and get out of Dodge. And the, all the all the the cars leave old poor Wahlberg, and uh, they're stranded. And the wife and that's a, that's another boring scene to watch. At this at this point, actually, like was almost still in the in the picture. And um, uh, but you know, and so they 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 kind of meet up with what this this couple who are very fond of plants. They have like a plant farm. I don't know what they do there. I guess they're horticulturists or something they don't they don't get too specific but the guy's weird and he kind of floats a plant theory that Wahlberg's already on board about yeah that the plants talk but he has this big he has a big dialogue scene about because they're gonna leave and um he says you know he starts talking about hot dogs another connective tissue for the movies that we do or he, he, he zooms in super hard on hot dogs so it's kind of funny at first because he says Everybody loves hot dogs. They kind of a throwaway, and then he goes way too deep. They have a cool shape. He, it was like a TED talk on <laughs> hot dogs in the middle of this movie. Yeah, he said that not only do they taste amazing, they have a cool shape, like you said. <laughs> um, and what else did he say? They're uh, they're portable. He this goes into yeah, it way it's, too it's, much. It's not good. And yeah, then, you can play drums with them. And then he's like, yeah, you can attach arms and legs. Um, Put cream cheese on them. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a movie microscope uh, eating session at some point. With those. this guy turns it to be like a plant truther. Like he's given to he's a hot dog truther, and then he's a plant truther. He's he's given way too much information about plants that nobody wants to know. He talks about how trees talk to <laughs> trees talk to bushes. He yeah, says and I this. and I think I have to call shenanigans on some of this guy's shit <laughs> because I. I mean, yes, there may be uh, natural reactions that these things have, but I don't think they're having a conversation. I don't know. You, uh, that would be so fucking weird that we're being eavesdropped on every time we're outside, you know? Like a bush talking a uh, blade of grass's ear off, you know? Grass just trying to get some sleep. Yeah, the grass know? is like, there's one of me. There's like a hundred of you, sir. And the bush is just strutting around, you know, like, fuck. He's like, I can't believe this acorn. Acorn was fucking talking out of school. So did you link any... Did you feel like when you're watching this movie, you're like, I see parallels to the COVID. Yeah. Was this a movie that didn't benefit from the pandemic? You know, how everybody watched 
the Gwyneth movie. Right. What's it called? Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> what is it Contagion? called? Contagion. Contagion. Yeah. yeah. And they watched Outbreak. Like people remember those movies mm-hmm. were kind of hitting the charts. Were, was the happening being watched? No. Cuz this this is nature hating us. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a different different itch being scratched. Still, it's, it's still kind of a pandemic-y movie. Um I love I love the 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 very PG mind of M Night tries to get R rated with shit. Yeah. Even his shocking gory sort of gory stuff is so weak. There's no way this movie should be R. What's it, what's R about this movie? I mean there's some violence but there's no I mean Wahlberg doesn't show dick. There's no F word. <laughs> right? There uh, no, just us watching it. <laughs> And we said the F word. <laughs> it's radar because you will say that word. No, because we're than showing once. dick. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that it was like they just rated R after they caught caught wind of Wahlberg's performance? No, they're just like we we don't want anyone young to see this. It's like we want to alienate a percentage of the crowd. You know, so let, let's <clears throat> limit the audience. Let's do them a favor. Rated um, R for Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> so one of the things that M. Night's, he's, his big swing, one of his big swings in this is, well, okay, it's been a while since I completely shattered somebody's, like, entire, like, well-being with a, with a scene that just kicks their ass so hard with, like, moves. Um, he's like, let me do a scene at the zoo. Let me, let me get a guy uh, who's at the zoo, and let's, let's see what happens when he's infected by So at the diner, happening. As, yeah, as Wahlberg's talking to the little girl, his neighbor breaks in and says, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this video? I know you're talking to a child. Have you get a, get a load of what I have on my, on my cell phone? What, what, did, what did she show him? So there's this douche inside the lion's cage, and he does, he's, he's obviously wants to kill himself, but he's, he has a weird way of agitating the lions. He goes in there and starts to put his arm out. Yeah, that's how he agitates them. To pet the noses of the lions. Yeah. And what do the lions do? They weirdly eat his arms off. Yeah. Um, and he's just fine with it. Yeah, they bite both arms off, and then they cut away. You don't get to see the rest. I like it, though, because the lion is grabbing part of his arm, and then it rips in a weird spot. It does? Yeah. You like that part? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Almost won me over. But the thing is, just knowing how impactful he thinks this shit is, is is amazing. There's a similar scene pretty quickly after this where there's a group of people um, and they're surrounding a woman who's talking to her daughter in Philadelphia. And it's very much like the Bay where you don't see the action, you just hear it. She decides to put it on speaker. It's like, you guys want to hear my daughter die? <laughs> her daughter starts, she's talking to her daughter, her daughter's scared. Calculus and everybody's in everybody's <laughs> dead in, around her dorm or something, and the mother's trying to calm her down. And then she's like, "You're not making any sense, hon. Let me put you on speaker so everybody can hear you." And she says, um, "I see calculus." She ponty pulls in this. Yeah, she starts saying the weird shit, and then she you hear glass break. She's supposed to have jumped out of her window. The mom, of course, she's like, "My nip, my nips are six. My nips are six. <laughs> and then she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> a 
I told the shark a secret. I told the shark a secret. Yeah, so she dies, and the mother, of course, is upset. I ate Baphomet's donuts. I won winter. I won. <laughs> I won winter. Oh, she's not crazy, actually. She always says that. Yeah. Um, do you think people got excited when they got cast in this film? Fuck yeah. <sighs> well, actually, I don't know how happy anybody could be knowing they have to go to Philadelphia. <laughs> that's, I guess that's M. Night's uh, Bangor, Maine, right? Like, that, he sticks to a certain area in his movies, too, yeah. just like old-ass King. Except Stephen King's willing to let people film in Canada as Bangor or Wilmington as Bangor. Right. M. Night's, he's like, I gotta, what I want to do is is reward these overrated people in this area, but also, you know, the whole big fish in a small pond thing. Talk about the insanity of putting the exact time on the screen like anyone would care. So this movie, this movie kicks off at 8.33 a.m., and he mentions it at the end of the movie. For some reason, the expert at the end, after this uh, is all over, says, it started at 8.33 a.m. How do they know? It's a mystery, but... I mean, the way that, and the great thing is, is how anticlimactic the ending is. This That's thing. amazing. It's, There's no ending. Yeah. The it, ending is that what matters to everybody in the theater is that, 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 that they're okay, our, our hero couple, and they're back in love. Now, the reason that they, the big shocker, the big infidelity here, the, she had gone to get dessert with her coworker, uh, Zoe, and she, um, didn't tell Mark. She didn't tell her husband. Um, didn't sleep with the guy. No, no. She didn't say that she didn't sleep with him. She said it was just dessert. It's implied. But then they cut to her coworker, and it, he's got the, the word dessert tattooed on his dick. But I'm just saying they heavily imply that what she's so uh, upset about and trying to hide and ashamed of herself about is that she went to get tiramisu with her coworker yeah. one night and didn't tell Wahlberg. Now, when you watch Mark Wahlberg in this movie, I the, wanted to cheat on him. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is there's no way that he would ever hold down a wife. He's too annoying. Yeah. I mean, he has a mood ring on all the time, you know? I mean, he, he's he, unsleepable with. Yeah, is, that, like, is that a. They're watching the batch. He's like, have she ever, like, um, <laughs> she's got a forehead. And. I'm, does she know that bees walk? I mean, he is so. I mean, his, his small talk too is just awful. It's article based. He always talking about headlines he's reading, or articles he read about bees disappearing. If I press down on your belly while I'm doing this, that everybody likes it. <laughs> and then the film has the, the the bad the bad sense to 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 take a great actor and wipe him away. Jeremy Strong shows up. Well, they must have, when they cast a succession, they must not have, this must not have been on his reel. Let's just say that. He uh, he decides to play a soldier, and he plays uh, a stumbling, dumb kind of soldier, like I guess. Southern. Yeah. Really dumb. And he's dreadful in this. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's a great actor. And I remember he won an Emmy, I think, for Succession, and they did that Zoom Emmy thing. And he was, he like, he was in his house, and he had like a scarf. He looked ridiculous, like he looked, like he was so pretentious, like an actorly. Yeah, he's in this, you know. what I'm saying <laughs> just to remind you, uh, Jeremy Strong, you blew it yeah, in a I movie mean, that's awful. This is his, the Italian Stallion. 
yeah, he he does get an exit though. He does get to shoot himself off screen. Yeah, yeah. They they do a lot of that where you're you're he's, Shaman's like you know I I think one of the many things I learned about suspense from my peers like Hitchcock is uh it's not it's what you don't show. Yeah, you know, the, the audience's imagination is going to go nuts. So here, let me just have three minutes of just gunshots and let the audience stare at Mark Wahlberg's nostrils while this is happening. There's maybe one death that you kind of you don't want Leguizamo to die when he does. Like you kind of don't want him to die. There's no one else in this movie that you care about. Like there's if if Wahlberg, I told Nick at the end, if Wahlberg had like dragged like a sword across his throat at the end. It might have redeemed this movie just a little, but the fact that he survives, you know, it's even further down in my estimation. And this is only a few years away from him getting an Oscar nomination. This is before The Departed? This is before. It's got to be. Are you sure? It's it's within like three or four years of it, though. Hmm. I just figured he had The, de- the, the Departed must have happened, and then he got cast and stuff. Do you like his- there's no way he should be a leading man. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. How? How is he in movies? Have you seen Mile 22? <laughs> Didn't he do that Spencer for Hire movie recently? Spencer Confidential. How's that? I haven't seen it. Peter Berg, right? Yeah. That's his. That's Peter Berg. Uh, Wahlberg is Peter Berg's De Niro. He always works with him. He's also somebody else's something. There's somebody else who works with him a lot. I remember Michael Bay brought him into the Transformers. Yeah, he's in a couple of those, right? Cade Yeager or something like that. <laughs> the whole his big scene in the movie is where he's trying. He's poor, poor, poor cameraman is trying to focus on Mark Wahlberg's face as he thinks. <laughs> but these people are getting shot in the field next to them, and they're shooting themselves. Yeah. Well, Jeremy Strong shot at least one or two of them. You think so? I think, yeah. he, I think he just shot himself and they picked up the gun. And shot. I think it's the same kind of thing. Because no one's killing each other in this, right? Yeah. It doesn't happen. Well, maybe not. Except the scene where those guys in the house protect their house and shoot a bunch yeah, of kids. Yeah, it's also dumb. Actually, it's it's kind of a perfect... Uh, there's a scene where he's afraid of a lady, but yeah, he had nothing to fear. She was just trying to hurt herself. Right. But there's a scene where he's trying to just figure out this whole thing. and he's The whole, I need a second. Yeah, I yeah. I need a second. Yeah, because he, he's getting pressure from the group to respond to these shootings that's kind of over the ridge. And his wife was like, we're good people. We should do something. And he's like, let me think. And he's trying to piece it out scientifically what they should do. And what is the, what the conclusion he comes with is run. Run, run, yeah. Run from the wind. And then the wind chases them. <laughs> it really does. And then it catches up with them and does nothing. It's a... Beautiful scene. See, I, the thing is, a smarter filmmaker would have a, the ecological message mean something, and the, and there would be a you know because there's they allude that there's they're near nuclear plants, and they allude that people are bad to each other, uh-huh. but it's never really, you know. And it's also it's really tough to have the villain in a movie be nature. <laughs> it really is. You know, at one point, I don't know if you heard that they actually did voice the wind. They had Vin Diesel come in and yeah. And they actually end up cutting it out, but he would. His lines were like, "Yeah, run, you dipshits, you know, <laughs> yeah. you motherfucking." And uh, uh, they eventually cut that out. I think. I wonder if they. I, even... I do remember they kept something though, because like when they were running through the field, you could hear the wind going. The rain is our piss. 
<laughs> they someone should do a fan edit of this movie where they do voice the wind. Right. Get a Shakespearean actor, you know. Mm-hmm. At one point, at no point in this movie does a character ever say this blows. You know. Yeah. That would have been welcome, but they they do have a scene pretty quickly after this where they're you know for every reason taking refuge in a model home, right? Mm-hmm. And you know nothing. Everything is like uh, unreal. It's just like it's like a prop yeah. in there. And having a conversation, and um, Zoe National, of course, says, "Is there a bat? I got to go find the bat. I hope there's a bathroom in here or something." Of course, there's, well, maybe if it's a model home, maybe she she was right. Maybe there yeah. isn't a bathroom. Um, but who cares? Piss in the corner. Yeah. Give a Tur- fuck. Yeah. It's the end of the world. Just go take a dump in the back or yeah, something. T- turn on a plastic toilet. <laughs> so, so, but when she leaves the room, Wahlberg starts to approach a plant and talk to it and uh, get it to not hurt him mm-hmm. and he has a whole scene against the plant and then he reveals in the scene that he's talking to a plastic plant and he and he reprimands himself I'm, and he says I'm talking to a plastic plant you know that that was supposed to be like the yeah the big moment it's supposed to be joke. the it's supposed to be the you know they say relief uh, laughter is relief mm-hmm. M. Night was uh, you know giving the audience a little break there with some levity yeah people were tired of being harrowed Instead, the audience took the a wrong message from it, which was this man is insane and maybe, maybe had a head injury. <laughs> and you made a comment, and it was something that we were both noticing, is that he got fucking taken to school by that plan. <laughs> got outacted out in that scene. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. The humor doesn't land, obviously. The scares don't land. I do like that when they're escaping the, when they're escaping the model home, Mm-hmm. They're they're running through a field where there's a where they were going to build this development, right? And the sign says you deserve this. I know. Yeah, I saw that too. It's like subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he killed it. But then we get to the best scene in the movie. Okay. Very necessary scene because they had too many characters. They need to get rid of some. Yeah, the the Wahlberg and the little girl and uh, his wife, you know, Zoe Deschanel, are running. They're, they they group up with these two children. These two teenagers or right. young, you know, preteens in a way. I don't know how old they are. They look like they're about 14, 15 years old. And what happens? Well, they, there's this house that they think is abandoned but isn't because there's people inside. Mm. And they're just trying to, you know, gently talk them into letting them in so they can have some food and shelter. And this is where it sort of mirrors the pandemic because the people in the side are staunch in their beliefs mm-hmm. and they will not even consider the fact that these are people that are n- not going to kill them or represent the government intervention or whatever it is so they they uh, tell them to fuck off and of course the two young t- toughs decide they're going to take matters in their own hands and, and handle it and uh, Wahlberg's got a much better solution to defuse the situation yeah he starts singing the wor- old the, black water yeah he starts to say that we're normal, we're not crazy, and he starts singing "Old Black Water," uh, "Keep on Rolling," whatever that song is. And voice then, of an angel, would you say? <laughs> and, and the kids decide that they're going to do what every sane person, what everybody would do, start kicking in the door, um, and start trying to get in through the windows, even though they've been yelled at from the people in the house by the people in the house, right? So they get shot for their troubles, the two kids. They get, yeah, we get to watch two kids get dead. Get killed. That may be why it got an R rating. Child endangerment. Could be. Deal. Don't be afraid of the dark got an R rating. There's mm-hmm. virtually no violence or profanity in it. So it's That's child endangerment. That shouldn't have been radar either. Yeah. I mean, that actually, has some, X. that actually has some scares in it. 
Should have had some triple X. Um, and then they, the, 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 what I remember from the theatrical experience was that the late, they visit this lady's house and she's weird. And there's a little bit of that whole the visit element to her in this right. movie. It's not as good as I remember by any stretch. It's bad actually, but uh, it's there's a couple of fun scenes that happen there, especially when Wahlberg um, interrogates the thing in her bed. So the actress here, it's old older actress played by Betty Buckley. I think shows up in Split. I think that's the same actress. She's a good actress. She's uh, sitting on a porch saying weird shit. Wahlberg is is you know it's like he's. He doesn't say a word in this scene, and she's sitting in the rocking chair talking to him. And what does she say about her drink? She says, "I see you eyeing my lemon drink." I believe that's what yeah, she says. Yeah, it's a lemonade. I guess I guess it doesn't have to be lemonade, but she says, "I see you eyeing my lemon drink." Anyway, she she does all the talking, invites them in for dinner, puts them up for the night, and she's very strange. Like she is telling these weird stories about her estate, how she doesn't isn't connected to um, the outside world. And she even slaps the little girl's hand when the girl reaches for a cookie. It's like a, it's an unpleasant atmosphere, but they need a place to stay at night. Yep. And uh, so the next morning, Wahlberg wakes up. The, his wife and surrogate child are missing, and he goes to investigate, and he runs into the woman who is now um, but being, first being nutty. in her bed. Right. So he's investigating the house very slowly. It's a very padded walking through the house and he goes into her room and he's like, Mrs. Jones, that's her name. He walks in the room and then he says it again because he sees his feet on the bed. He goes, Mrs. Jones. And they cut to a doll on the bed. The the most, obviously not a real person. And I thought at that point, I thought maybe he left his glasses in a hurry. He didn't have his glasses. I, I think it'd be great if he, this is the moment where we realize that <laughs> he's nuts. He spends the rest of the movie, Mrs. Jones, just in that room talking to that <laughs> He ponty pulls <laughs> about the doll. Yeah, that doll looked fucked up. I thought it was Brahms. Uh, it's it's gross. Um, but anyway, she she soon is ramming her head through the windows. She's done. Like she is she is committing suicide very slowly. She doesn't have the tools, so she's getting glass in her eye. Like she's she's just ramming her yeah. head. And Wahlberg is like, all right. And he goes to find. And he he goes, uh, is that is the happening happening to? She was like, no. I just, this is what happens when you come to my house. <laughs> when I listen to you talk for more than one minute, yeah. I start to to do this. Actually, then they cut they cut the scene out where the trees are smashing their heads through the window. So you start to get suspicious that the movie's wrapping up. What's happening? The the this Well, mo- first of all, her house has a very special feature. Yeah, she, she goes into this, uh, she has like a, uh, she refers to as like a slave, what did she say? A slave. She was like where they they would hide from the slave hunters or something. Yeah, hide slave these, chasers or something. They would hide. Yeah, there's a there's a, like a little shed out back, and there's a tube that connects the main house to the shed that you can talk through and communicate. She says this unprompted, like no one's asking her about her house. Uh, she I just, couldn't help but notice the speaking tube in your house. <laughs> no one says that. She just starts talking about the speaking tube um, over dinner. Is she over a speaking casserole. tube, Rube? And so you realize, like, why? Oh, this is going to figure into the end? And um, that does. The wind starts to kick up. Wahlberg wets his pants. He can't believe the wind's here. He's calling for his wife, and he hears a noise. He's like, oh, they're in the bathroom. And he goes in there. No, no, it's the tube. They're in the shed. And so he warns them through the tube. He's like, 
shut the shed's windows, shut the shed's door. Wind's here. Wind. <laughs> yeah. And we're dead. Like this uh, is... Look outside. Guess who's out there? Yeah, the happening is out there. <laughs> we are... We're done. It's over. So they start to like say their goodbyes because wind and um and they start telling their love story. And then the wind commits suicide. That's how it ends. <laughs> they tell their love story in front of this little girl. Yeah, she said the mood ring uh the color of the mood ring turned was made purple. It was purple which meant horny. Yeah. And the little girl turns to the camera and says, "Fuck. Mom. <laughs> Let take me with you." <laughs> but um that's how so Wahlberg decides he's had enough of wind and he's like, you know what? I can't die without my love that went to a tiramisu dinner date. <laughs> and he's, he, he triumphantly walks into the wind heroically, uh, walks into the breeze. And then Zoe Deschanel decides to leave the shed with the little girl. She's like, yeah, let's kill Let's kill this. Let's kid. Go kill ourselves. Yeah, let's get but, this. Let's get this girl dead quick. Wind ain't interested. Yeah, the wind's like, I'm sort of impressed by the love that's forming. I will relinquish my death hold on America. And uh, so that's it. That They don't get affected. Then it cuts to three months later. They're they're back in, in uh, Philly or wherever they live. Where do they live? I'm sure, well, it looks nicer than Philadelphia, but... Everything's oh, back to oh, normal. It's, it's like a brownstone. They're in New mm-hmm. York somewhere. Everything's back to normal. You know, kids are back at school. We watch her piss in real time on a pregnancy test. <laughs> She's pregnant, guys. Don't worry. She's pregnant. They've been having sex. The yeah. relationships repaired. Repaired. Yeah. They cut. They show the the, the girl has a a viewing port in her room so she could watch them having sex. She's like, uh, adoptive parents. Is the mood ring purple? Because Wahlberg, where it's almost a, worth watching this movie just to see how many shots they get of him, his hand in the frame to search, to show everybody. He's and also, how many times the term ring. happening is used in the movie. Yeah, it is used a lot. Now, there's no good title for this, mm-hmm. but that is the worst title for this. <laughs> what else could it have been called? M. Night Shyamalan presents Vague. <laughs> oh, like like if you want to actually describe the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Tree Treevenge. It was taken. <laughs> was it? Yeah. There's a movie called Treevenge about Christmas trees killing people. Oh, my God. Because they get cut down or, you know, for whatever. Um I think it's a short, but it's it's kind of a popular short. Very bloody. But Treevenge would have been perfect, actually, for this movie. Yeah. The happening, it's just such a pretentious title, even. like, And nothing really does happen. Like, It's another thing is, everybody says that word in this, but nothing's really happening that much. You know, so there's a scientist at the end that they're trying to, they're questioning him, and he gives this dire warning. He's like, the, the interviewer's like, why did it go away? Why is it just a, a brief period of time and it's gone and the guy's like i don't think it's gone it was a warning i think it's going to happen again and it does that's how the movie ends in france and in a park i know and I, and honestly i i couldn't wait for those people to die <laughs> yeah you will definitely be rooting for mother nature in this one i do like the fact that people keep thinking it's terrorists you know del Dai was they hired him for this <laughs> he sent those actors to wind camp you know hear about this yeah yeah he kept telling Wahlberg, he's like you don't look blown enough. <laughs> look more blown. Wahlberg kept running his hands through his hair. He's trying to get there, but this movie sucked. It's bad, Nick. Yeah. Um, there are some deleted scenes that they talked about in IMDb, but I, they're they're kind of relationship building scenes. Oh of, fuck! Or you know them fighting. It's at the it's a merciful one and a half hours. Hmm. That's a gift. Yeah, 
But Shyamalan, man, he is uh, is a freaking... You want to talk about a born huckster, you know? He is a... Carney fucking Barker, that guy. Snake and oil salesman. He is. Or snake oil salesman. Yeah, he is super magicianing his way through Hollywood. You know, there's not a, there's not a burnt bridge left. You know, he has just gave it all. I mean, he's got TV series. He's got, like, on Apple Plus, he got that weird TV Servant. series. Servant. Yeah, and he's got. Um, he's like, what's the key to success? Oh, Toby Kebbell. He produces elevator-based horror films. Like, he he's all over the place. Like, there's no premise that is too ridiculous for him. And, uh, you know, at one point he was compared to Spielberg. Remember, like, he was kind of like this master of yeah. a suspense. And uh, how'd that work out? Actually, he's probably been more successful than Spielberg in the past yeah. decade. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, it, he's got projects lined up, I'm sure. I mean, he, he does make money sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, um, I, I don't think, I don't. He's gone into the wrong profession, I'd say. I feel as if it's it's sort of similar to some of the other people in Hollywood that have attained some sort of a cult around them without any real work. But. Well, I mean, Sixth Sense really resonated. Sixth Sense is okay. I'm just saying, but it really resonated. It was such a huge hit, and people really loved it at the time. So it's really got got him a lot of. By the way, that film is sort of a, a an evil like it's it's a cover agent. It's a dark agent. Yeah. It's a it's a vessel of evil. Because it led to this. No, because it fucking pulled Bruce Willis off the scrap heap. Well, that's the first Wahlberg he worked. He worked with Donnie in yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, the thing is, I watched an episode of um, Mark Wahlberg has a new awful um, business-based yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Yep. And more convincing in that. I'm Look, I'm glad that these two got together because they weren't wasting anybody else's time. <laughs> you know? They wasted each other's time. Um, but, yeah, that's... Wahlberg has way too much going on. Like, it's, as much as we're ripping M. Night, Wahlberg's got way too much going on. Clothing Empire and <sighs> Burger the, Chain. Yeah, he. The, it just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. We need less, much less of him. Um, he's got a new, he's got an action movie coming out, right, or something. Yeah, that that he was surprised to find out that they kicked it over to a, a streaming service. Oh, was he mad about it? Yeah, him and Fuqua, Infinite. It's called. A, it's like a superhero type movie. No, it's it's time like a time groundhog mm. sort of weird. Yeah, I'm sure he's got projects lined up. It's his tenant. So yeah, I can't wait to watch it and zoom in. Yeah, he's wearing sneakers, so you know why he took the job. He uh, he will continue to get hired for all. <laughs> you, you think about this? He did. Well, you kind of like him. I do, but I also have no illusions about his skills. I enjoy watching him sometimes, and I think he gets films made. So I see a lot of like things that he's you know that are fun and cheesy. But problem with he, there's a chance because he he's been good in a handful of things. There's a chance that he could have been in on the joke a little bit, but now he's just taking himself super seriously. I mean, when's the last good movie he's been in? Is there has there been one that's been memorable yeah, recently? I, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely, there has to have been. Mile twenty two. 
No, there's something. Something you can't. I mean, think Deep, one. Deep Star Horizon was great, or Deep Water Horizon. Deep Star and Deep. Patriots Day was great. I loved. Patriots Those are both Day. both Peter Berg, right? Yeah, Patriots Day is actually a really good movie. What about Lone Survivor? Very good. That's four ninety nine right now. I haven't seen it. It's uh, it's an endurance test though, because yeah. it is torture porn. Is it really? It's very, it's very hard. It, there's a lot of brutality in it. Um, I don't, I want to spoil it, but he he is the only one who lives. <laughs> well, that's too bad. Um, but no, there's some great. He's got some great little movies that he's involved in over the years. But sure, Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, gain. Yeah, I like. I think we had speculated this before. A good director is able to employ him well, like or to deploy him well, so. or even like a serviceable director like Scorsese. <laughs> but I mean, his best performances in The Departed, probably right. And uh, he was in that David O. Russell movie. He was I really good. Huckabee, in. He was great in that. And he kind of played like a humorous Bo- character in that. So yeah, Boogie Nights, obviously. Mm-hmm. Fear. Yeah. Anyway, Two Guns. <laughs> yeah. Um. Speaking of two guns, the guy with the needle is strapped, man. Yeah. Biceps bulging, veins popping out. He is he is he has mastered the art of, of fasting and uh intermittently and also he knows how to crunch carbs and shit because he is baked out and he is burning needles into people's arms, making some some beautiful work. Mm-hmm. And that's your turn to get in there and, and get a happening tattoo. Oh yeah. And what are you gonna put in? What are you gonna put on? What are you gonna press the flesh? Yeah. I wonder how many people actually do have t- the ha- you know happening tattoos. I bet there's some that there's none. Oh, there's got to be some. There's not one happening tattoo ever made. Guaranteed. I, I I'll take that bet. What? How much you want to lay on this? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> My infinite soul. Let's bet. Let's bet. Um. Ten dollars. Okay. If we all we have to do is Google M Night the Happening Tattoo, we're gonna see some poor soul with that. Even the cast, maybe the cast before <laughs> the movie came out, they yeah. got like a like Lord of the Rings crew. They all yeah. got a tat, you had to commemorate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The little girl's got uh, you know, got a star fruit on her belly. Maybe if <laughs> they all got their M Night Shyamalan. Uh, his autograph tattoo on their asses like the Cabbage Patch Kid signature. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what 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 tattoo would I get from this? There's so I've got, you know, like mm. when people will paint an illusion on the sidewalk and it looks like it's, you know, sure. 3D or whatever it is. Yeah, it looks like it has depth to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, 3D. I've got a, uh, a speaking tube, a speaking mm-hmm. pipe. Sure. Uh, right above my hog. <laughs> <laughs> the shadow it looks like it's uh, it's almost like a sundial where it's mm-hmm. the, the shadow of the speaking tube is is mm-hmm. you know creating a silhouette onto my a portion of my body you know at three o'clock you could tell what's going on you know in the evening it's it's later <laughs> it's wet you get the speaking tube on you huh yeah yeah do you have a speech bubble coming out of it or <laughs> no <laughs> Just keep it. I just, just uh, no. I like to be in the shower at the gym, and some guys. Is that a speaking tube? <laughs> what I is get. that a talking pie from a slave house? Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> um, I get. I you know I would do. I'd do a little crossover. 
I would get one of the the trees from this movie, you know, like the the little trees that were been blown in the wind that scares everybody. It scares all the characters when they see them shaking in the wind, you know. And I'd so I get a tree, mm-hmm. and I would put that little troll dagger <laughs> in one of its on one of its branches yeah. from the cat's eye, and just to let you know that the tree means business, yeah. you know. Yeah, because you can't. It's hard to represent. It's hard to 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 tattoo wind on you. So I'd have to you know, visualize the violence or yeah. represent it in a different way. And I just tell everybody they like why is it why is the tree holding a small little dagger? I go, That's supposed to represent wind. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, that's supposed to represent wind. Just think of it as wind. Tattoo artist mm-hmm. is like this is going on my wall <laughs> for sure to sell more tats. You think you think M Night's got a sleeve? I wonder what he do you think he busied himself over the pandemic and did some body art? Yeah. He just did like a mural of all his movies. Including the first one with Rosie O'Donnell. They just put them from start to finish, from wrist to Wake, shoulder. Waking what was it called? Yeah, something waking, you're right. And he wrote Stuart Little. Mm-hmm. So then maybe that would be on the, the yeah. sleeve as well. I think it would be more of like it would be a shot of him. It would be him, a tattoo of himself on his arm, mm-hmm. um, just proud as fuck about something he's just written. Yeah. How dare him, by the way? How dare him? Which part? He has a movie called Devil, and it it's all all set in an elevator. Yeah. And he calls it Devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a waste. Yeah. Have you seen every other movie of his? I'm just saying, like, could have been a there could have been a, you could have given that title to a more deserving, right? Like this movie. Yeah, like a like a documentary movie about the Poison guitarist. <laughs> That's Deville. CC Deville. <laughs> Damn fuck! Um, I saw him by the way in a rock and roll trivia program once. They had it on VH1. It was Rock and Roll Jeopardy. He killed. He was so good. He knew everything. CC Deville is like a trivia hound who knew yeah zoom in <laughs> you know smart he's, yeah he's like, i don't need roadie poon i got trivia <laughs> yeah cc deville you know yeah, he's like, i think he was like let's think about was he i hope it wasn't in the northeast during this movie yeah well i i, I disagree like mr deville if, if you could have lunch with any three Celebrities living or dead, who would they be? And they're thinking he's going to get like, yeah, Pamela Del Bar, like super groupie, or you know, some hot, you know, mm-hmm. Farrah Fawcett. And he's like, the characters that Ray Fiennes and Paul Schofield were based on from Quiz Show would be one and two. <laughs> Three would probably be, uh, well, probably Bill Macy from Magnolia. Quiz Show is a pretty good movie. Quiz show's great. Yeah. Except the one recurring dog shit thing that happens in movies. What? Rob Morrow. Oh, you don't like him, huh? He's bad in every single thing he's ever done. You think so? He was no. in uh, Northern Exposure. He's in a lot of good movies. He is an awful actor in every movie. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. He 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 has almost ruined a lot of classics. Like what? There's like four movies that he he's in that he ruins. You didn't like his Boston accent and 
and uh, Queer Show. Oof. And and he he has one in another movie where he's a lawman of some sort. Okay. He sucks. So you're you've been tasked with forming a business tied to the happening. How do you spend that hard-earned dough? Good question. That's such a good question, Nick. Thank you for asking it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that those rage rooms that they have, mm-hmm. where there's all those things that you can throw around and crash and smash and all that. Sure. Um, well, I I didn't build one because I, I I didn't really want to put all that work into it. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of sold it. I kind of I bent the rules a little bit mm-hmm. and. Um, Piped in some some nitrous oxide into M Knight's house, gave a guy a wrench, and said, "Go to dusk, <laughs> go dusk, go dusk on this dude." <laughs> and they pipe hit him to death. <laughs> By the way, after the <laughs> after this movie, uh, the word the words "good night." Retired. Um, my, I would do that. You ever hear that? I don't know if they call it the Millennium Gun or I don't know what it is. There's some gun or something that's set like on some weird timer, uh, and you could sit in front of it, and it people sit in front of it. it could go off at any time or something. You ever hear this? No. It's like a tourist tourist attraction. I don't know. I might be making it up, but they can sit in front of it. it you could get blown away at any time, so people risk their life. You know, for this event, I would do the same thing. I would get a building and put one of the trees from this movie in it and put a chair in front of it <laughs> and say it's in, in the, in the title of my businesses, uh, do you dare, you know? Yeah. And people would just sit in front of the tree. Um, the sad part is the first person. <laughs> 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 and I go out of business. It, yeah. Surprisingly worked. M Knight was right. Them trees scary. <laughs> it's funny because the, the, they thought it was a foolproof plan and that they they, they can get the, their insurance money, um, but the, <laughs> the tree actually had a small briefcase with some wind in it. Let it out in the room. <laughs> well, I do have a kid section. They sit in front of grass. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, the first first. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I, th- I think. It could make some. Sweet coin, yeah. You know, so the sequel's been greenlit. Escrow is there. I know. I know you're tripping. <laughs> <laughs> You've been sucking down some neurotoxins. <laughs> <laughs> that is a way to kill, to commit suicide. Greenlight the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. What's the plot of the sequel? Mm-hmm. Oh man. That's, I mean, that's a sigh probably would happen during this discussion at a studio. All right, this time the rocks are mad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) My sequel idea would, um, the 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 planet's mad. Mother Nature's mad. Humans didn't get the message. Yeah, they just went back to normal, living their lives, stepping all over everything, bulldozing down forests and beautiful land to put up their 
insane <laughs> monuments. Yeah. You know, to capitalism and whatever. And the wind's like, well, you know, maybe we didn't do it right. And so they start dressing. <laughs> the wind starts dressing the part. What the fuck? <laughs> and so now they're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> villainous top hats and monocles <laughs> the windish yes carrying canes with uh you know hidden daggers in them you know right. just villainous shit and then you know when they blow all that shit, it scatters it <laughs> the humans it doesn't do anything it just lets them know that the the, the wind is was bad yeah yeah yeah, pack of, they got a pack of cigarettes that are blowing towards the, you know, everything that they do in movies that they kind of signal the, the villain, which yeah. is put them in black usually. And Meanwhile, the the graphic arts team on the movie is sweating bullets because Shyamalan sent them an email on a Friday afternoon saying, I need a mustachioed wind by Monday morning. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> Poor uh, <laughs> stagehand throwing like I don't know a monocle and a wind machine. I don't know the idea of a <laughs> of of a floating mustache and a top hat coming through the sky towards a group of people is actually I I, I crave it. <laughs> so they didn't the get movie. the message, Nick. They didn't get the message that the wind has to think fast. Yeah, you're what in the movie. Do? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah, you, you're you're a part of this this happening. I'm in the movie, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> what would I? What would I be? I'm a chef, and I'm I've, I'm at one of those outdoor charcuterie or those restaurants that have the you know, little outdoor area. People are, you know. And I am chopping lettuce for a salad, and the the, the happening is dry heaving behind me. <laughs> That's an act of violence. <laughs> Does I have a top hat? <laughs> I'm a uh, like a tiny cactus in a. In a in a, in a pot mm-hmm. on somebody's window, window so trying to prove my innocence it's succulent <laughs> I had nothing to do with this you know mm-hmm. and that's what I'm doing I'm just trying to jump around trying to let everybody know that I'm not responsible for you know someone's drum like a, a drumstick sticking out someone's gut you know like <laughs> trying to s- drop my needle to spell out what it wasn't me <laughs> um and then, and then you, the wind goes past, and you start stabbing yourself with your spines. Uh, uh-uh, I'm not. I think plants are unaffected. You think the thing that blows back on the plants? I in think this? if you're a, if you're a turncoat, they're gonna fuck you out. I'm immune. Yeah. Yeah. A tiny cactus, though. Yeah, a little one. Yeah, those are the best. Yeah, and I have like maybe the my owner put like a little like uh, what do they call those? When you go to Hawaii, they put the the lau around yeah. you. Maybe have one of those around me, like a lay. tiny or lay. What do I call it? Lau, lay, and uh, I'm kind of cute. Yeah. They put like they put little googly eyes on me. Um, 
I'm going to front to nature, but I'm also trying to prove my yeah. innocence. Um, and you see the, the, you see the, you know, like we, the CIA has their most wanted. Yeah. And, uh, the, 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 the happening kingdom also does. And you see them there. And so they, they finally captured their, their biggest offender. And they, you see all these trees like gathered around Pat Morita's grave. Like you fucking massacred trees for seven decades, you fucking bastard. <laughs> the bonsai trees. Yeah. It's like every little prune was a bitch slap to our kingdom. It all leads back to Pat Morita. It all leads back to Mr. Miyagi. And every time he pruned, they did, they did, they promised they'd take a human life. Yeah, I like the I like the idea of if I were still in that business, having the opportunity to interview M Knight for this movie, and just giving him what the world wants to give him. <laughs> what do you mean, just talking about how impressed you are? No, like, M Knight. Um, at what point did you do away with the mustaches and top hats? <laughs> and. Uh, did you consult with a, a tree, or did you consult with any sort of a, an expert in the field? Uh, and then he, he's like, well, this is a ridiculous premise, so there was nobody for me to talk to. You know, it'd be interesting if they, a really good sequel to take it like a Wes Craven nightmare on Elm Street, new nightmare style, and M. Night prints out a script for this one, and the trees go, what? You know, they, they see him using paper. <laughs> they... Yeah, it's like a fuck you to the fuck you. Mm-hmm, this motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, and he's wiping his ass. <laughs> now I know you're tripping. <laughs> so the movie—he's been wiping his ass for two <laughs> decades. Screen forever. Since '99. Mm-hmm. Stinger comes on at the end of the movie. Oh man, this is our podcast is gonna be longer than the movie. Obviously, the movie's pretty short. They say it's a short, it's shortest. Shortest movie so far. How tall is them night? By the way, we were to discuss this. <laughs> is he a tall drink of water? How old? I, I how tall it. is he? I doubt it. He's a little fucking piece of shit. My visitor, yeah, seven foot two. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it was endearing initially when he would put his like childhood films on the DVDs that would come out for his first couple of movies. He did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it just makes me hate him even more. This wasn't a childhood film. <laughs> Childhood M Knight's shaking his head at this like tisk tisk. I had so much promise when I when I was a little pup, and then you fucking made trees evil. My deleted scene is they cut. You know Zoe Deschanel's. She's pregnant. She gets the pregnancy test, and it says it says conveniently two lines means you're pregnant. One line means you're not pregnant. And she has two lines on there. Mm-hmm. Celebrates with Wahlberg. Cut to the hospital. She's getting a sonogram. Mm-hmm. And. Doctor's like perfectly healthy. Look at this beautiful, beautiful baby. And uh, Zoe National went at the screen. She's like, I don't, I don't see anything. You know, it's like just, just I see the black and I see the. Where's the baby? Like, what are you talking about, sir? And it's um, don't you see? And it's just a sonogram of wind. She she has a. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna give birth to wind. She's impregnated. She had a fling with the wind. She had a fling with the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the wind's name was Joey. So that's who she ate tiramisu with. That's the big twist. Yeah. I think it's a gust of nut. 
Well, they're having a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Wendy, my... Wendy, if it's a girl. Yeah. If it's a boy, Wendy. <laughs> but yeah, so that's 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 the deleted scene. Yeah. Um. Pretty great. I think it'd be cool if the if the if the sequel was um, their child turns out to be Joseph Merrick. The the elephant man. Yeah, it's like yeah. this is the, this is the best thing that can happen. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. That's that sign. Uh, but no, mine is sort of similar. Um, uh, he comes home, they embrace, um, and he, while he's hugging her, you could see he's got his phone over her shoulder. He's, he's looking up abortion clinic. <laughs> she gives birth to an identical clone of John Leguizamo. What the? <laughs> what? How? Yeah, like was on. We didn't talk about this. He was given marriage advice, and it, before he dies, everybody sees a horrific thing, and he distracts them with a. Um, so he's they they're in a car, and he they they the car goes under all these people that have hung themselves. Everybody's screaming in the car, and he decides to uh, help them by giving a complicated math problem to them to distract them. But that just adds to the horror. Yeah, and then they crash into a tree. And, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, if you're going sixty miles into a tree, at what point does your teeth leave and just like a teacher you know yeah least convincing um you are a floating individual right uh you've you're, you've you have an island collecting all the debris from various films you've watched over the years now it's time to take something from the happening right big time oh yeah yeah you gotta th- th- there's a so many things you can take from this so so many i mean I, just give me a minute and then to put sound effects of me leaving and closing the door and my car speeding away. <laughs> How come my notes are reading like a suicide letter? Oh, I know. Of course. I'll, I'll, I'll take that doll in the house. The the doll that looks like she made it with like a uh, leathery face. Looks it looks like, like a, a house of wax thing. It looks like a bootleg cabbage patch, you know, but she, <laughs> in the old woman's house. I'd take that doll. Yeah. And the mood ring. I put the mood ring on the doll. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And, um... Then I get to my island and I'd, I'd I'd hug it real close and I'd fling it into the sea. I don't want that <laughs> shit on here because right? I just required to take something, you know. Yeah. So uh, if you're if you have the balls to go four k up my mountain, and and crest that summit up mm-hmm. there in the middle of the island, there's a lot of things already up there, but you get to the top and you see the ultimate fuck you pumps. I got his fucking sneakers there. His dirty sneaks. Yeah, I've got yeah. his 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 uh, happening worn shoes up there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you you get to the top of the mountain, you can put those little candies on and uh, skip on down in peace. You know, mm-hmm. on a on a on a cloud bed, walking walking sweet and smooth, backing up the dreams with my, Mark Wahlberg in you. Do you see the brand of sneakers he was wearing? No. Do you see the Nike Tree, Air Morgue and.